Hey weirdos, welcome back to the pod. It's Stop It That's Weird, episode four. And we're just having a chill, lazy weekend. You know, a real lazy day. I can't even be bothered to put on pants today. I'm just wearing a long shirt and that's it. And it's breezy and it's chef's kiss. So good. And you might be thinking, Trisha, that's too hot. That's simply too spicy for the pod. (laughs) And you're right. That's why we don't have any video. You know, because you just couldn't, the world couldn't take it. I'm in a mood, y'all, as I am per usual. I posted a thirst trap on my Instagram yesterday. And the caption was something about becoming, getting closer to becoming a muscle mommy every day. And I, you know, and I stand by that. But I don't know what's in my water right now. <laughs> She's feeling spicy, folks. <laughs> So that's what's going on today. I'm just hanging out in my long t-shirt and we're just gonna have a little chat with my green tea. My therapist listened to the pod. Did you hear that? My therapist listened to this show and she's lovely. Barbara, she's lovely. Um, she was very supportive and sweet, but I was like, like, you know, this is definitely a place for me to just dump every dumb fucking thought that's ever entered my skull and so I was like I don't know if she plans on like tuning in every week to listen but whoo she's gonna she'll be like taking notes during it and being like all right well I'll see you on Wednesday Georgia because we got some shit to talk about no I'm actually I'm actually like so flattered and stoked that she listened to it she said something so nice. She was like, "I, you have a, you have the right voice for a podcast. And I was like, oh my god. Don't do that to my ego, Barbara. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to get right into it um, this week. Sensory nightmare of the week. All right. Before I get into this one, I got to tell you guys about some little, a little something that you can use in your own life, Okay. Yesterday, my roommate, who I've talked about a couple times on the pod, who moved out and abandoned me, and it's fine. And he's happier without me, and that's fine! <laughs> um, no, he came over yesterday, and we, we just had a little hangout. Uh, something that we're officially calling parf Yeah, parf If you don't know what this is, this is a party where you have parfaits. Now, you can you can build any kind of parf- parfait that you want. Um, you could do uh, you, chocolate. You can do berry. That's what we did. You could do lemon. You could do pumpkin. I've seen the possibilities are endless. So what we did is um, you do like frozen berries at the bottom. And then you put graham cracker on top of that. And then you do yogurt. Any kind you want. We did vanilla. And then... Um, a little syrup. We we found this blueberry syrup, a little bit of that, and then you do some kind of whipped cream, and then you like layer that as many times as you want, and that's phenomenal. That is how you have a good night. We had that with some little seltzers, you know, a little raspberry lemonade beverage, and that was phenomenal. We watched Nope as well. And it was just, it was lovely, you know? So, if you're like, oh, I, I, I don't know, my hangouts with my friends are getting boring, Trisha. I don't know what to do. Parfait. 
And that's just one. I got so many ideas, y'all. <laughs> I got ideas coming out of my ears. I don't know why. I just really wanted to tell you about Parf Day. That's all, that's all that, that was. So thank you for listening to me rant about Parf Day. Now, the actual sensory nightmare of the week also comes from my roommate, which I think is what spurred the thought about Parf Day. What I have written in my notes here is the rotten cucumber. Now, I know other people can relate to this unless you have somebody that's like coming if you're rich. All right. If, unless you're a billionaire and you have hired someone to come to your house and clean out your fridge every week, we've got old shit in there. There's just old shit in there. Okay. And we try to clean it out as regularly as we can. Like once a week, you go in there and you toss some, some old shit out. But some things just lurk in the crevices in the back and you miss them. And then suddenly you've got some gross shit that's been just developing in there for like a month. And that's what happened here. That's what happened here, folks. Uh, my roommate ha- had subscribed to one of those, like, food boxes, you know? And some, you know, it's like hit and miss. That's what I've heard from other people is that it's hit and miss with those. Is that sometimes you'll get stuff and you're like, oh, I really, this looks fucking amazing. I'm gonna cook up this, like, chicken teriyaki or whatever it is. And you use all the ingredients. Sometimes you're like, I don't like all these ingredients or this recipe's not really great. And so you just, like, shove some stuff to the back of the fridge and you're like, whatever. I'll use it for something else. And then you don't on accident. And so there was a, there was a peeled half of a cucumber that was wrapped in saran wrap that made it to the, to the very back of the fridge. Now I was cleaning out the fridge after he had moved out just to like make sure we got all of our, you know, Tupperwares and things separated. And I see this cucumber. And I look at it and I go, this is going to be a problem. It's not in a container. You know, it's just, it's just a half a cucumber that's wrapped in saran wrap. And I know that cucumber has been in there for a minute. I mean, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could have wrapped it in something and then thrown it in the trash, but I didn't do that. I said, I'm a strong, independent woman, and I can grab this cucumber and throw it in the trash. How wrong I was. How wrong I was. <laughs> I just reached in, grabbed it. I did. I don't know what I expected from the texture <laughs> of a month-old peeled cucumber. But I can tell you right now, it wasn't that. All right? Any rigidity that it once had was gone. It was gone. I don't know how to explain it. It's like jello or something. Like, you know, I picked it up like long ways. Does that make sense? It's all. No, it doesn't. Because any way is long ways when you hold a cucumber. <laughs> I'm saying you you <laughs> I picked it up all right it it immediately folded on either side just drooped like dog's ears on either side of my hand and I was so shocked and frightened that I almost dropped it as if I was holding a rat or something I was like huh. and then 
there's literally like two feet in between the fridge and the trash can, but it was difficult to just hold it the like two paces that it took for me to throw it immediately in the trash. And I'm going to think about that cucumber now. I'm going to think about, I'm going to think on that sometimes when I'm having a textural issue. You know, that's really all there is to it. I think the moral of this story is when you think you can, you can't. You know, when you, when you want to try, give up. <laughs> you can't, all right? You think I'm stronger than a cucumber and then you're not. I don't get, like, physically ill for many things, but I was close on this one. I was close. It really shocked me. I don't know why, too, because cucumbers are, like, slimy already. But, you know, sometimes, you know, (laughs) life comes at you fast, folks, and you just gotta course correct sometimes. That's really it. Um... I was going to talk about these buffalo wings that I had. What is this podcast today? You guys want to talk about buffalo wings? Because I do. I want to talk about some buffalo wings. They're vegan buffalo wings. From Field Roast, I think. Hashtag sponsor me. Ew. Um, Buffalo wings. They're vegan buffalo wings. I already fucking said that, and I and I baked them yesterday while while I was making myself a little salad, and we were you know about to make our little parfaits, and I was like, oh, I haven't had a buffalo wing in quite a while, and these could be delicious, and they were. Um, but here's the thing, much like salt and vinegar chips, some brands need to ch- calm down. Oh, just calm down a little bit. You're too loud. All right? And I know you're thinking, oh, you don't like flavor? You don't like flavor? It's too much flavor for you because you're white? It's possible that you're right about that. But dial it down a little bit in some cases, okay? Like, you know, if we're talking about, like, Takis or something, those are perfect in every way. The the, the, the flavor doesn't need to be altered in any way. Because it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to, like make your mouth hurt a little bit. That's part of the experience. You know what I mean? And I like that. Same with like salt and vinegar chips, but sometimes I'm in a mood where I want to eat a lot of chips. I'm sitting down to eat a whole fucking bag of chips. And when you can't get through it because your mouth has been cut up by razors... It's really disappointing and upsetting. And you'd think that that would be baked into their marketing scheme tactic. You know what I mean? What's that commercial? There's a commercial that's on that I see all the time now. Uh, Popcorn. It's like Smart Pop or... I don't know what the fuck. It's some kind of popcorn. But they're talking about like eating the whole bag. That's what I'm doing. They understand the audience. They understand the assignment. They're like, whoever's eating this is not going to just be like, oh, I'm going to follow the serving size. Fuck off with the serving size. I'm going to have a a cup of popcorn. Eat my ass. I feel, I'm aggressive today. And I'm not going to apologize about it. (laughs) I'm like, who's eating a cup of popcorn? Nobody. Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe (laughs) an almond mom counted out 
20, 30 pieces of popcorn and was like, that's too much. I'm going to have to skip dinner now. I can't. But not me, okay? Back to the buffalo wings. This, when I tell you whatever sauce Field Rose created for this is so pungent and uh, concentrated. I think it needed to, I think they forgot to put in the instructions that it should be diluted in water or something like that. Because you take the, you, you cook your like 12 wings or whatever it comes with and then you soak them in this just like vat of, <laughs> of sauce that it comes with. And they smelled really good, smelled very like tangy like buffalo sauce. And then I ate like two of them and I was like, oh, this is going to destroy my mouth. My I will have like open sores on my mouth if I eat all of these. And then I did. And then I ate all of them. I ate like half of them. And then I was like, the flavor is good, but god damn, it's like sour almost because there was so much vinegar on it. But that didn't stop me. I will not be deterred. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you want me to eat the whole thing, I guess don't change anything because I still ate all of them. <laughs> but if you're taking notes, field roast, just, just, just uh, pull back. Just dial it back a smidge and then, um, you know, then I will really house an entire bag of chicken wings that are not chicken Okay, change is, ha change is hard this week. We're going to talk about um, confidence and rejection sensitivity. Now, this is a little bit different than I've treated this segment in the past, which was <laughs> hard, hard left turn from buffalo wings. Um, in, in the past, we talked about changes in a change that's happening in your life that is hard to adapt to. But I think this also applies to, like, changes that you're going through through I'm not being very clear but it's like you know it's not something that's happening to me it's something that's happening like about me within me kind of thing that I'm trying to change in my life and I think that still works so here's what I put in my notes seeing my own value I often have negative self-deprecating talk but sometimes I think that repetitive that repetitive talk does seep into my psyche my self-image I am struggling right now with like there are things that I know to be, like, objectively true about myself. And, like, if someone was like, Trisha, what are the things that you like about yourself? I'd be like, oh, I think that I'm pretty resilient. I think that I am a good communicator. I think I take feedback really well. I think that I can be funny. Uh, pleasant to be around, perhaps. I think sometimes. Um... But it's, like, it's also just, like, my type of humor. Like, I think it's really funny to call myself a moron and an idiot. Because sometimes I act like one. And it's funny to point it out. And me and my friends all have a giggle about it or whatever. Because that's just, like, part of my personality. That's part of my appeal. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how broad of a spectrum of individuals of people that I appeal to but to the people that are <laughs> that are into whatever this is whatever my brand is that I'm putting out I think they're like oh she's just a little 
little dorkwad, you know? She's just a little quirky stinker. And I like that. That's what I imagine people think sometimes. So separating the, like, humor aspect from what I actually think and feel about myself has actually been, like, quite difficult at times. Because it is one of those things... I don't know if this is going to sound like mumbo jumbo to some people, but it's like, it is so true. The language that you use about yourself is like it, it worms its way into your brain and into your self image. And so like, it's kind of problematic at times for me that like, there's only so many times that I can call myself stupid before I believe that I'm actually dumb. You know what I mean? And so sometimes I like, I recognize that and I'm trying to be a little bit better or more, maybe more purposeful about like the words that I use to describe myself because I don't believe that I'm actually stupid but I don't think there's anything wrong with having like a self-deprecating sense of humor you know what I mean and also I think there's this crossover of like sometimes I lean on that type of humor as a crutch when I'm feeling insecure, maybe that's where the real heart of this issue is, is I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling vulnerable because I said something that maybe could be interpreted or I think that other people are going to perceive me as stupid for saying XYZ. And so then because I'm in this insecure moment before I get feedback on whatever that thing is that I just said, that before you can tell me that I'm dumb, I'm going to be like, haha, that was so fucking stupid, right? And then I think it's those moments where I let my insecurity take over and it doesn't, it's not as intentional that I'm like, I'm going to make a joke about this thing about myself because I'm actually secure in that area. And so I can make a joke about it because I'm that joke is not going to like change my perception of myself because I know that's not true. I know I'm not dumb. So, whatever. It's just a joke and then I'll move on with my life. But I don't do that sometimes. I'm like, I might actually be dumb. I might be a fucking dumb, dumb idiot. Um, And then other people laugh at that and then I'm like, are they laughing because I'm actually dumb? Or are they laughing, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, I think I blurred, blurred the lines a little bit too much on that or I lean in that direction of comedy a little too often and then I think that most of the time I can differentiate it I can separate myself from the joke and I'm like okay people are actually laughing at the joke and they're not laughing at me but sometimes if I'm just in like a certain state of mind Um, and I find lately that it's like, if I have said this thing about myself enough, then I'm like, oh, that's always getting a laugh whenever I call myself dumb or something like that. Then I'm like, are people laughing because that's true? You know what I mean? It's just those moments of weakness or insecurity that I'm like, maybe I do need to like, I need to learn what that feels like when I'm like, okay. I'm making a joke because I feel insecure. So let's not, Trisha, let's not make a joke about the thing that you're feeling a little insecure about right now. Maybe don't do that. Maybe don't beat people to the punch because you're just feeding into your own insecurity. You know what I mean? And then that, by doing that repetitively over time, I think that I crush my own ego 
and I feel worthless sometimes, you know? And I feel, I feel rejection sensitivity, like, really hard. And I don't know if that's actually, like, a symptom of my neurodivergence. I know that other people say that that is one of the symptoms that they experience is, like, if they get any sort of clue, hint, body language, voice, tone, or whatever it is, if they get feedback from someone who it feels like in any way that they're rejecting them or they're, like, I don't know, uh, confirming, in my case it would be confirming that I'm actually dumb or something, then I crush myself, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay, that confirms it, that confirms that this person's hated me all along, every moment I've ever spent with them, doesn't matter that we've been friends for 10 years, they hate me actually, and they're really good at hiding it. So, what do I do about that? What do I do about that? I think what I'm trying to do, and this is where it's difficult. I know I'm not the first person to talk about this. I've seen this on TikTok a lot, which is like, because I'm so obsessed with this idea of perception, sometimes it's like I stall before I even get, let allow myself to get started, you know? Because it's like, okay, If I, what would happen if I started having more positive self-talk? Then I would actually start to believe those things about myself. I would think that I'm worthwhile. I'd think that I'm smart and funny and attractive in some ways. And that feels kind of terrifying to me because then I'm, then it's, and it's such a fucking stupid ego thing that I wish that I could just let go of, you know? Because I'm like, well, if I, if I portray myself like that on social media or just, like, in the world, if I walk around and I'm like, "Mm, I'm attractive and funny and, um, so cool and fun and people like me, people like me, then that will change people's, in my mind, it will change people's perception of me and I don't like that because I want control over that. So I'm like, if I stay in a... I don't know if this is accurate to say or fair to say, but if I stay in like a position of lesser power within myself, if my view of myself is lesser, then it's less threatening, not even less threatening, but it's less off-putting to people. You know what I mean? Like I've definitely seen people talk about this on TikTok where it's like, if I just go on TikTok and I'm like, I'm the shit. I'm so fucking cool and uh, I'm going to get everything that I ever wanted and people are lucky to be in my presence and if I want a romantic partner, like, of course they would want me, you know what I mean? Like, parts of me is like, of course, I'm in my 30s, I understand that I have value and I can identify those areas where I'm a good partner and I'm a good family member and I'm a good friend and stuff like that. But if I go around acting on the internet is if I really believe that shit, then I feel like people will immediately not like me anymore. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this cyclical, annoying circle of self-deprecation where I do get trapped in a little bit of a cycle and it is really hard to actually believe those things. Even when I'm like, okay, I'm funny. I, it's, I'm uncomfortable just sitting with that thought. Because if I walked up to someone who I admired and I was like, and walked up like with the confidence 
I'm funny and I know that I'm funny and I know that you're going to laugh at me or like enjoy being in my presence because I'm a funny bitch my immediate thought would be like they're gonna find that off-putting and gross and annoying and like you know you know what I'm saying so it's like what where does that line exist where does that exist and where's the comfortable place to live where I I, I'm really afraid of losing that self-deprecating humor inside of myself because I feel like I'd be out of touch at that point. I don't want to be out of touch. I never want to be someone who's like unable to take criticism or unable to laugh at themselves. That's a huge like big it's a it's a really big deal. It's a red flag for me when I meet people and they take themselves so seriously and just can't be silly. Silliness is like my number one thing that I like to be. It brings me the most joy and happiness. So I'm afraid of losing that. So I'm like, I don't know. The limit does not exist. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to compute. What does that scale look like? And I probably shouldn't be thinking of it in such clinical terms as this. But it's like, I don't know how to truly believe certain things about myself and walk around the world as if I can achieve the things that I want. I have so, my For You page, every once in a while gets flooded with tarot readers and they'll come up and, and, and say all the things that are nice to hear that it's like, um, if you want something, you can just have it because you deserve it and you know that you're worthy of that thing and so it's, it's this whole idea of like um manifestation right which like I don't want to make any claims about uh whether astrology is real or tarot is real or anything like that like I think it is real to a lot of people because of the positive mindset and I, I buy into that big time it's like if I tell myself that I'm worthy every day that I wake up then eventually I'll believe that and I'll walk into the right room at the right time believing that and that's going to open some doors and opportunities for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's what I'm trying to get to, the point where I can like believe it at least enough (laughs) that I can kind of make some things happen for myself or like, you know, there's so much that I want to do, so many creative, fun things that I want to be a part of. And unfortunately, I just can't do that stuff, like, by myself. And a big part of um, joy and happiness for me is, like, expanding my worldview. I want to meet new people. I want to experience new things and go new places. And if you're not in the right mindset to say yes, and I know that I'm worthy of all of those things... That's the, that's the struggle for me is like, yeah, I can say yes in my mind, but making it an actuality, like a physical manifestation in my life where I'm actually doing the thing that I've been craving for the past six months, making it happen and knowing that I'm worthy of that thing. And, uh, yeah, like showing up for myself in that way that, but it's like, I do want to make the change of waking up and some, maybe not even, you know, I'm fine not waking up every day and thinking that I'm a bad bitch, you know? Like, people on TikTok are like, you gotta believe it. You gotta believe that you're a bad bitch every single day of your life. And I'm like, some days I'm just not. Some days I don't feel like a bad bitch. But then the days that I do feel like that, I feel like I'm too much. And if I were to, like, 
speak that way about myself, then what would happen? Would it, would people hate me then? And I think I probably just need to throw that fear out, you know, in the trash, in the garbage, so that I can just live more happily and not be so worried that, like, someone's going to be like, oh, you liked yourself today? Fuck, fucking how dare you? You thought that you looked cute in that outfit? Blech. Barf. That's a way to think about it. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Trish. You made me feel a little bit better about that. So, hope you feel good about that, too. You're, you, that's the other thing that they always tell you, right? Is if you were to be talking to someone else, if I was talking to my besties, and then they were like, oh, would it be off-putting if I was like, I'm a bad bitch, I'm so hot, I'm so successful, I'm gonna get everything I ever wanted and dreamed of, I'd be like, of course you are, because I see you for who you are, and you're incredible and fantastic to be around, and you're a joy, it's a joy for me to just be in your presence, but why can't I just, like, sometimes think that way about myself? Why? You know what I'm saying? It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Okay, next segment is hyperfixation of the week. Um, and my bestie said that she would be on the pod. And I'm just simply tickled, thrilled about that. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but she said she'd be on, and so I'm going to hold her to that, and we're going to have the funnest, goofiest time, but I was talking to her this week, and we were talking about hyperfixations, because she and I both experience this uh, where we often hyperfixate on people, so I'm just going to be real with you and vulnerable here, um, which, uh, this is another, like, thing that I struggle with. I kind of have this internal morality meter that's kind of like constantly bumping up against itself, which is like my neurodivergence likes what it likes, right? She's gonna like what she likes. And often that's like an attraction, not romantic or like sexual even necessarily. Sometimes it is, just being real with you. Um, but, but sometimes it's just, I just like a person, you know, like I consume as a member of society in 2023, I will often consume media. And as I'm doing such, <laughs> I like people. Like, I'm also a writer, you know, so character in a story is the most important thing, you know? Like, that's what really, like, connectivity which I feel like is something that I'm going to be talking about all the time on the pod because the deep, desperate need for connection is really fascinating to me. And I um, studied anthropology a lot in college and stuff like that. So, like, human behavior and the need for connectivity and uh, cooperation is super fascinating to me. But anyway, yeah, any good, like, story has a sick-ass character at the center, center of it. Like, we're not interested in any ad. Like, I work in marketing, and in any ad that you see, it's not, like, the product that's really selling anything to you. It's, like, the person that's wearing the product or the story that they're telling about the product and how it, like, connects to their lives or whatever. 
So when I'm consuming media that I like, art that gets me excited, it's the way that people talk about that art or it's the way that they're like, I don't know, trying to use whatever they're doing to connect with more people or to spread some kind of positive message or there's like the stuff that really like hits home for me. There's a reason that it hits home and I feel like, you know, that's fairly obvious to say like every everybody on the planet probably feels that way where it's like I'm listening to this podcast because I connect with this person for one reason or another, right? So when you're neurodivergent, I feel like that just like ramps it up a little notch where you're like, I watched this movie and now I'm obsessed with this actor and it's because they supported this cause or maybe they chose to be in the film because this particular movie draws attention to an issue that is like important to me or whatever or just a bunch of stuff like that so like as I'm consuming media that happens to me all the times I'm like I feel this parasocial thing that's telling me me and you would be excellent buds and I know that I don't know you you know I know that I don't know everything about you I'm only seeing a piece of this person via what they choose to put on the internet or whatever but whatever that is that curated message is something that is attractive to me in one way or another right so I cling to that sometimes as a neurodivergent person I'm just like that's fucking sick that's rad I love that I want more of that the world needs some more of that and then what happens is I have the internal awareness meter starts like wee woo wee woo and I'm like you're being a freak you're being a little freak like it's cool that you like that person and whatever it is that they're doing artistically but now you're consuming it to a degree that feels unhealthy love this thing can't get enough of it I feel almost obsessive with it and then I get like embarrassed at myself that I'm like I found a cool thing that I enjoy so I want to like share it with my friends or something like that because of my neurodivergence it like brings me satisfaction and joy and like calm almost to be able to talk about the thing that I'm really excited about that my deep interests right but then I'm like yeah but that's a person you know what I'm saying that's a battle that is difficult to fight because you're not wrong for feeling the way that you feel. There's a deep, uh, 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 uh. There's a genuine feeling that you're having. There's a, a, like, authentic reason that you like this person and the things that they're creating. So that is, I think, is okay to honor. But then when you're like, when you're like me and you're like, I have been really really into this thing for a while and sometimes hyper fixations just work like that where it's like you know sometimes I feel more in control of it where I'm like I really like this show or something and so I'll watch it a ton in my downtime but there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing in between there And, and especially if I feel like I don't have enough of a creative outlet on my own where I'm 
getting to do other things that bring me joy if I feel like I'm in a lull then sometimes that hyperfixation unintentionally kind of becomes like a massive part of my life and I'm trying to like keep that thing going because that's giving me some kind of spark that I'm not finding in other areas of my life and that's fucking neurodivergence and I know that that's not like a super healthy thing but also because of the way that my brain is wired I I don't feel like I have a lot of control over that sometimes and that instability makes me feel like a creepy weirdo you know so then sometimes I'll take a little break from it or whatever but now also saying it out loud uh I don't really think it's that big of a deal you know what I'm saying it's it's okay to like things and it's okay to be passionate about things and people because that just makes us human doesn't it it does But I don't know. I just wanted to maybe open that conversation and see if other people had some thoughts about that. Because, yeah, I just, I mean, in general, I tend to, like, cringe (laughs) at myself if I feel like I'm being weird in any way. But particularly, like, a parasocial weirdo where I'm like, I like this person a lot. And then I'm like, you don't know anything about them. Don't, 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 don't pretend like you do. What else did I put in my notes about this? My bestie was like, oh, you should share who you've been into. But I feel like I can't because I haven't reached the full level of self-acceptance. And I'm too afraid to be judged. Because that could, like, a lot of the stuff that I've shared thus far on the hyperfixation of the week has been like, oh, I'm obsessed with this food or this music or whatever. But often, behind the scenes, without y'all knowing, there's a person that I'm like, this person's just super neat and I like them a lot. And then I'm like, if I put that on the pod, someone's going to be like, misinterpret. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't want that. So I'm going to chew on that one for a little while and think about whether or not I would like to share them. The other thing that I want to mention about this type of hyperfixation is like, I think it could be misinterpreted as like, you know, I make, I make a joke with my friends sometimes and I'm like, oh, it's white boy of the month, the white boy of the month that I'm hyperfixated on. But I don't really mean that because people that I get invested in that I think are awesome artists and her who are doing things that are worthwhile I don't stop liking them maybe I go through kind of this period that um neurotypical people might not understand which is I get really interested I'm like wow that's really interesting so then I dig deeper and I dig deeper and I dig deeper and then a month goes by and I feel like I've consumed a lot of media surrounding whoever that person is. And then maybe I move on to the next thing. Maybe that's a month later, maybe that's six months later. It totally depends on the scenario. But I don't stop liking that person. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like super invested and then I'm like, oh, that was weird. Uh, just moving on. Like, Because I think for me and my neuro pathway, my neurodivergence, I'm like forming artistic connections with people that I really like. And maybe that person isn't like at the forefront of whatever silly hyperfixation I have going on right now. But they're still there. Like if you ask me about, for example, I'll give you one right now. My favorite show of all time 
is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I love that show and love Charlie Day on it. Had a huge crush on him for years, like, started watching the show probably over 10 years ago and I got obsessed with it and I had a huge crush on him and I thought he was like the funniest part of the show and I was really super hyper fixated on that for a while. 10 years later, I still love the show and I still love him as a comedian. Maybe he's not as, you know, like front of mind as it once was, but I still think he's a really talented actor and person, you know, comedian. You know what I'm saying? You know? It's still there. It's always going to be there. And maybe that's just our relationship with uh, media and, 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 and other people. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes that kind of thing can... It's just a bizarre world that we live in. It's a bizarre landscape of liking something. And then the second that I feel... I think that's, that's also part of it is that I have... I've put that judgment, there's a strong theme going on in this episode that it's like, I put judgment on myself before anybody else, and so I'm always like, oh, someone's gonna think that I'm weird and creepy because I like this thing or this person a lot, and no one has said that, and there's nothing wrong with just feel, feeling feel, feelings, feeling feelings <laughs> as a human. So I'm just aware of that, that I'm like, hey, people are people, artists are people, anybody that's on the internet, that's just a people. So, all right, next up is quirky, silly little things that made me angry for no apparent reason. Now, this one does have a reason, and I'm going to talk about this more in depth on another episode, but I'll go over the basics with you. Um, I have not told a lot of people about my specific diagnosis, and I have been talking about it on the podcast thus far in pretty vague terms, and the reason for that is that I am really scared that people will see me as a different person. That people will say, you are that diagnosis, and because I know you are X, all of you is X, if that makes sense. Which is true. I am totally and 100% neurodivergent. I have a lot of different qualities. I'm a person, first and foremost. I'm a human being. And just because that I have a diagnosis attached to me doesn't mean that every single piece of me has to be like viewed through that lens, if that makes sense. It is a difficult thing to separate, but I just like, I I was the same person that I was, I've been one person for 30 years and I'm still exactly that person. What's going on now is that I am more comfortable Uh, showing, opening up all of who I am and being more authentically myself than I ever have been before to the world. But the thing that scares me and that I had my first experience with is people see a word or hear a word that is a diagnostic term. Is Is that the correct phrasing? And they're seeing that before Trisha. They're saying, it's like, you know, Trisha MD, but it's like flip-flop, you know what I mean? MD Trisha. If I was a doctor, they'd be like, Dr. Trisha. (laughs) But instead of that, they're thinking neurodivergent Trisha. Instead of Trisha, neurodivergent. You know what I'm saying? And you don't even have to, hey, it's my diagnosis. I'm the one that has to think about it and has to process it and figure out the way that it best fits in my life. And also, spoiler alert, I really like this about myself. 
I think it's fucking sick, dude. Sometimes it's difficult, but I think it is, it is something that enhances my personality in a way. It doesn't create it. It doesn't, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it, it wasn't built, my personality wasn't built from the ground up because of my neurodivergence or built on my neurodivergence, but I think that it enhances who I am in a lot of different ways. With all of that being said, here's what happened. I went to my boss and I told him about my diagnosis and I said, hey, I really love this job. I think I'm good at it. There's just some, here's, you know, here's my diagnosis. Here's some things that I think I could be doing to better show up and like accommodate for myself. And these things are like really not uh, invasive. It's like small things that I could be doing for myself, which is like working in an enclosed space, if we can make that work, wearing headphones to work, uh, if that doesn't bother anybody, just like cutting out time on my calendar that's focused time so that I'm not distracted by other things. Too many meetings in a row back to back is just too difficult for me and stuff like that. Trying to cut out background noise, whatever. It's really like not that big of accommodations that I'm asking for. He was lovely about it. He was so incredible, so sweet. In order to make some of these accommodations happen, he did have to, I believe, involve some other people to sort out the details, okay? Those people have reacted to this news in a way, in some fashion, and that was what has bothered me. His reaction was very nice, very kind. I don't know what those emails looked like that were sent on his end. However, I showed up to work last Thursday and this is my first time ever experiencing something like this. It was really weird and foreign to me. So I apologize if like I don't communicate it well. So I show up to this meeting on Thursday and this woman comes up to me and sits down and her first thing that she says to me is, hey, Trisha, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing good. How are you? And she goes, are you hanging in there? And I was like, huh, I wonder why she's saying that. And I was like, yeah, I'm hanging in there. Of course. Why wouldn't I be? Are you hanging in there? And she was like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, just wanted to check in on you, see how you're doing. You know, like in this tone that she has never spoken to me in before. And... Again, I do want to get into this in more detail in another podcast because I think there's a lot to unpack here. But what I will say is I'm still wrapping my brain around what that, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? What is that? To be like, you hanging in there, buddy? You know, like she's never seen me in that way before. And I'm just going to be straight up with y'all. I have a a corporate persona. I do. Part of that I think is really extremely like useful for me because I work in corporate America. I really have had to like put on a little bit of a persona just to be taken seriously as a woman totally aside from my neurodivergence and all that. So when I walk into a room, uh, any kind of meeting, unless it's like, you know, that particular meeting was a very relaxed meeting. But most of the time, if it's like, you know, a meeting meeting, I walk in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to really like put on, turn it up, turn up the jargon. I'm really going to have to make it seem like 
I've worked in corporate America for 40 years or whatever just so that these, you know, suits will take me seriously or whatever. And so the meetings that I have been in with her up until this point have been very much like that. That I have like a really strong persona on where I'm like, I have come here to get the job done and I'm going to talk about facts and statistics and whatever. And so it was crazy to me to just all of a sudden be met with this totally different image like I could tell suddenly in that moment that she felt bad for me and that she was like oh I don't know it just felt horrible it felt really bad for her to be like poor little Trisha we're gonna have to let me just give you a little pat on the hand you know I don't I that is exactly what I was afraid of in like telling a lot of people about it is that they would be like oh Trisha's broken Trisha is, something is wrong with her, and so we're just gonna have to hold her little hand, and you know, it's okay, she'll do the best job that she can, or whatever, and that makes me sick. I hate that. And I also just want to say, that's not fucking true. A lot of the reason that I have persevered through a lot of difficult things is because of my neurodivergence. Like, because... Because, I think, honestly, I don't know, I'm not going to make any recommendations on if this is healthy or not, but because I think I've gotten really good at reading people and figuring out what they want or need out of a professional project or experience, I think I'm good at evaluating that and then showing up with solutions to uh, whatever their problem is or whatever. Like, I think... I think it's okay for me to have kind of a a work persona. I'm productive in that way. And I think I have separated myself, like uh, my personal self, from the work self a little bit. In 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 a way that works for me that I think is healthy for me. And I think a lot of that has, is what has like led me to be successful in my career thus far. And to have that like stripped away from me in a, in a second because someone heard one word about me and were like, Trisha is incapable. That's how I perceived that, is that she was like, Trisha, no, oh, so sad. Trisha's incapable or she's just going to be struggling all the time now or something made me sick. I hate that and I don't want that and don't do that to people. If people come up to you and say, hey, I am, I feel, number one, this wasn't my choice. She heard about it by proxy through, because she was just CC'd on some email or something. But if someone, if someone is going, trusts you enough to come up and say, I'm going to share this thing with you, that's just a thing. That's just a piece. That's a tiny crumb of who they are. And they felt vulnerable and trusted you enough to tell you something deep and intimate about themselves don't fucking do that you know they are who they were 20 seconds ago and unless they ask for an accommodation or to be treated differently in a certain way don't fucking do that you know (sighs) yeah that really hurt my feelings a lot and so I am going to think about that for a little bit because that is really my first ever experience with the very first time that I told, I've told i told people in my workplace, hey, this is what I am now. <laughs> and they were like, hmm, so sad. And I'm like, go. I can't be perceived like that. 
I cannot be perceived like that. And it's not a shame about, like I said before, I'm really proud of this self-discovery, this new thing that I've learned about myself. I think it's great. And I think a lot of other people who love me for who I am know that this diagnosis is what is part of what makes me really great. So I won't be perceived like that. I don't like it. Sorry, that got kind of angry. That did, hey, the segment's about being angry and I got a little heated. Let's move on to what is she anxious about now? Okay, um, because I've been yapping, yappa, yappa, yappa. <laughs> We're at like 53 minutes already, so I'm going to try to get through the rest of this fairly quickly. Um, what she anxious about now is rejection. Um, I talked about this a little bit last week, but this TikTok creator, Ahime Ora, said, There are so many people trying to reach you and give you blessings, but they're unable to locate you because you're hiding. And that's just like the thread of this episode, which is like, even when I say nice things about myself, I don't believe them fully. And so I wonder if that's like stopping me from meeting the people that I'm supposed to meet. You know, do you feel like that? Because I fucking feel like that. I feel like if I can't even get up in the morning and really love myself and put that person forward into the world if I am constantly hiding under a little cloak then how are the people supposed to find me you know what I mean like if I exist in the world and online as who I think is the truest most authentic version of myself the version that shines fucking brightly and unapologetically who will find me then you know who is the, 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 the community that I'm trying to find? The opportunities that I'm waiting for can't find me when I'm hidden under a cloak. And so I didn't ask for that shocking revelation from, from this creator. Um, but it really it stuck with me. I've been, obviously, I've been thinking about it because it's really like the main theme of this episode. So... Shit that was just too loud. Ad reads on podcasts. You gotta chill out on that. You gotta chill out on those. My brother, because, like, I listen to a couple of podcasts where they will do sound effects when they're transitioning from, like, one segment to the next or, um, like, in between an ad read. And it shocks me. It scares me every single goddamn time. It doesn't need to be that loud. It's not balanced or something. I remember I specifically was like um, cooking dinner. I was like chopping up some veggies in the kitchen with my little headphones on. And just the transition (laughs) from the normal part of the pod sound effect and then into the ad, I, I was startled. It jump scared me real bad. And so, that's probably all I have to say about that. But I'm just saying, think about headphone users, okay? It doesn't need to be that loud. Turn it down. Socially problematic. Um, I don't know how to set boundaries sometimes. Hey, are you all like this where you respond immediately to everything? Because I am like this. And I don't know what to do about it. I've always been like this. I think it's just like the people pleaser thing where like if someone texts me, I feel a deep obligation to text them back immediately. And I do it with everyone. 
I also have this problem with like emails and stuff. That's the reason why I like have to make sure that I shut off notifications after my workday's over because I will respond. If I get a notification, I'm gonna respond to you. So something that I'm working on doing is just giving myself permission, saying like I'm allowed to put this down and come back to it later. Um, it doesn't have to totally consume my entire day in order for other people that are involved in this, uh, discourse, this back and forth, this dialogue. It doesn't have to keep going all day and I don't have to respond within 0.5 seconds for them to feel like it, like I'm listening and that it's meaningful. Um, sometimes I just gotta chill on that because honestly, 95% of the time, if you text me or message me and you just say, you have any kind of question or anything, I will respond within seconds, literal seconds. And then it'll just keep going until... I think also there's a little part of this that's the time blindness thing. Is I won't think that I'm getting sucked into a text conversation because I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. And so then I'm just like a little hamster running on the wheel. Not aware of time. And then suddenly it's like hours later and I'm like, where where did my day go? I was, I've just been on my phone the whole time. And so I need to, I need to be a little bit better about... Just being like, hey, I'll text you later. Or, um, also, uh, that's fine. It, hey, I'm allowed to be an autonomous human being who doesn't always even give an explanation. And that's fine if I'm in the middle of something and I text somebody back later. But I always feel bad. I always feel bad every single time. I'm do. I'm honestly, I'm doing a lot better about being like, hey, I'm gonna put my phone away for the night, or I'm gonna, um, I'm doing this thing right now, so I will text you back in a, in a few hours or something like that. But I just get so invested. I just get so sucked into the conversation, and I need to give myself permission to just put it down. Revelation of the week: neurodivergent joy and euphoria. Um, I got this new app. I believe it's called Dalio. Dalio. Like D-A-Y-L-I-O. It's not a new app, but it's new to me. And what I, what I like about it and what I'm interested in, I don't really love journaling in the traditional sense of like getting out a journal and like, this is what happened to me today, dear diary. This is what happened to me today. I don't really reflect on that. I'm not going to ever reread it. That kind of thing. So what I like about this is for a neurodivergent person, it tracks my mood. And I you can put in like custom symptoms or triggers or things that maybe you're struggling with or really positive things that happened. And it kind of gives me a basis for like, here's a way for me to track all the things. If I had a bad day today... Here's a way for me to track all the things that kind of added up to me having a bad day, which I find is often what, why I have a bad day. Cause like I woke up late and then I didn't eat when I was supposed to eat and then I haven't worked out today or haven't, you know what I mean? My routine is all messed up. Oh yeah, I got to talk about routines in another episode. Um, so all of that adds up to me having a bad day. I'm realizing now that I'm not as sensitive as I thought that I was as far as that goes like uh sometimes I would get really down on myself and I'd be like I just feel like I'm having a lot of bad days or like 
sometimes I just wake up and I'm choosing to have a bad day and I would be really hard on myself for that. But really it's not. Since I've started tracking it, number one, I rarely have bad days. Like if I go to my little calendar view in the app, I can see that I've been using it for like four weeks and I've had literally one day where I was like, meh. Like it's like a scale from like rad to terrible and meh is like right in the middle and I've had mostly rad days. One meh. You know, so the way that I, it's helped me with my perception of myself that like I have a legitimate and valid reason for having a little bit of a shitty day sometimes because most of my days are actually really good. I had an encounter with a family member who one time told me, gosh, Trisha, it just seems like you have more bad days than good days. And that fucked me up for a while. And now I just know that that's not true. So if you feel like you're just down on yourself every time that you have a bad day, maybe consider tracking it in something like that so you can actually see like day to day, what does that look like visually? How many bad days am I actually having? And then also, what is actually contributing to me like having a bad day? Number, number, I don't know how many, the <laughs> number five, four, three, four, five to that is also it's, it's good to have a bad day sometimes. Some days we just need to have a fucking bad day. I think that's a George Carlin joke where he's like, I, I want to have a bad day. I don't want to have a good day, goddammit. Stop telling me to have a good day. Sometimes I want to give it a shot, but sometimes I want to have a crappy fucking shitty day. So, you know, just be nicer to yourself on that one. If you have a bad day, put it in perspective. Because we talked about some heavy shit this episode, I let me know if you like this. And we may do it and we may not do it. But this episode, I'm feeling some affirmations. So we're just going to say a couple things to ourselves so that we internalize it and we believe it. Affirmations. I'm rad. Say it. I'm rad. I'm fun and funny. I have so much value that I offer the people I love in my life and to new friends. I have infinite potential. I deserve to put myself on a pedestal. I love myself. Okay? Love ya. Be kind to yourself. I'll see you next week. Okay? Bye!